Hello and welcome. I'm Dan Lukowitz, your host of Dan on Top. And today we have with us Christopher Salerno, CEO at QC Capital. Christopher, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your, your busy day to share with us here on the, on the show. Really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. Very excited to add value. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, let's jump right in. Tell our viewers, who is Chris Salerno? Yeah, so uh, I am. Uh, I live here in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is where I reside. I've been here over 14 years. Uh, I, um, I started out um, really selling residential real estate, originally from South Florida, but starting out selling residential real estate, uh, very quickly gained uh, some success with Keller Williams. I grew a company, merged that company with a number one company in the Carolinas. We were also number fourth in the world with Keller Williams by unit count. Um, and uh, when I uh, grew that company, I grew it from 92 million in sales to around 147 million wow. just in a year and a half. Um, but I felt like I hit a ceiling, and that's when I created QC Capital uh, to uh, to then go ahead and acquire large multifamily assets. Awesome. So you, too, entered the commercial real estate space by way of the gateway drug that we know of as residential real estate. Yes, uh, I did. I did have some single-family uh, rentals and flips. Uh, I have one single-family rental, knock on wood. I can't wait to get rid of it. I'm about to sell it, <laughs> uh, hopefully, next month. Uh, but can't wait to get rid of it to then go uh, make sure my whole portfolio is in multifamily. Awesome. Well, tell us how you got started in multifamily. Yeah. So um, I believe, uh, you know, the little things in life really give you the bigger picture. Uh, and I'm talking about Monopoly, the game Monopoly. When we <laughs> played it as a kid, um, I, uh, I was thinking about it and I said, well, the ultimate goal of Monopoly is to have the, uh, as many land as po- as much land as possible and as many buildings on that land in the largest building possible because that will give you the most revenue. Sure. And I said, well, that's what I need to do in real life. I need to go out there. I need to buy large multifamily real estate assets. So I started educating myself, listening to podcasts like yours, like ours, YouTube videos, reading books. And I'm a type of uh, individual that I learn very quickly. Um, so I want to be hands-on. Uh, and I was able to uh, to educate myself. I found a coach and a mentor. I joined uh, joined his private group. Uh, his name's Joe Fairless. Uh, and then I scaled the company very quickly by being hands on, putting my back against the wall. Uh, I believe no matter what career you go in, uh, you need to find a way to put your back against the wall because you will you will perform differently when you're under pressure uh, compared to when you're in that comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you, not only in, in business, but in, in everything. I mean, if you act as in if life. your back is against the wall, right, in life in general, and if you have an, a plan A and no plan B, I think a plan B is an insult to a plan A. And, and if you operate with your back against the wall in everything that you do, in relationships, in business, in life, you'll really perform far better. Uh, that's at least my opinion. So that's No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and I think that's really a great perspective that you have. So uh, tell us why specifically multifamily. Economies of scale. Um, you know, if, if you have a 100-unit apartment complex, 10 people decide not to pay, uh, your cash flow is pretty good still. I mean, you got 90 people paying. Uh, if you have a single family or even a, uh, a duplex, one person decides not to pay, that can kill you. Uh, that can kill the numbers. Uh, especially single family, depending on what state you buy in with taxes, uh, if a hot water heater goes out, if an mm-hmm. HVAC unit goes out, any plumbing issues, you're going to be negative for that whole year. Uh, 
Sure. Um, and then, and then also you're dictated in the single family space. You are dictated by your neighbors and what they decide to sell their property for. When it comes to multifamily, that value of that property is what that revenue is coming in uh, right. to that property. Uh, and that's why I love it. So it's economies of scale, uh, totally different ball game. And, and I, um, I left the single family space because there's too much feelings involved as well. Yeah. And I've learned the hard way. Don't mix feelings with business. That's right. Um, so that's why I love multifamily. That's right. Where do you see multifamily going in 2021 and beyond? I love that question. I get asked that from investors uh, all the time. It's going to be strong. Reason why is people want less maintenance. Me personally, I wish I can live in an apartment complex, but you know, uh, my fiance kind of dictates uh, a little bit of what I do in life. Um, uh, I think every man should say or will say that. Uh, but um, I, I see it being extremely strong. Like I said, economies of scale. Uh, the, the booming market, um, people are, are wanting less maintenance. They want to come and go as they please, and they, they want to travel more. I think COVID will actually uh, push uh, and increase that. People are wanting to travel. Uh, and you do have that handful that people want to do outdoor stuff, cut their own grass, plant their own flowers. But I think a lot of these apartment complexes are offering those type of amenities. For example, I saw one uh, a couple of weeks ago we toured. Every bottom unit had their own fenced-in yard. That's oh, wow. cool. You know, yeah. uh, that that's thinking outside the box and it gives that individual who wants that yard, wants to plant their own flowers, that ability to, but they also get the less maintenance. Um, so I see it going, I, I see it going very strong. I see cap rates if, if you're in the business and, and you may not understand cap rates well, uh, or you do, I think cap rates are going to compress, especially here in the Carolinas and the Southeast. There's so much capital right now, institutional capital as well on the sidelines. Uh, and I see a lot of it, uh, every, every institutional and family office, family office I'm speaking to, they're all looking at multifamily. So I see it being in a very attractive asset, uh, depending on what market you are in uh, for years to come. So from your perspective, it's the demand both from the actual users, right, the tenants, as Correct. well as the investors. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it from all angles. I mean, we're, we're seeing, I live here in Charlotte, we're seeing uh, even 55 and older communities, uh, mm -hmm. apartment communities. Now, they're not the senior living, because, you know, senior living kind of has that bad rap, uh, and especially with COVID now, um, they're just apartment communities. So the, that, that type of demographic wants that less, uh, less stress, less maintenance, um, and, but they still want that nice amenities. Um, so I'm seeing it more and more across all different type of age groups, uh, the demand um, for multifamily. And then the operators, um, we are thinking outside the box. There's an mm -hmm. apartment complex right down the street from me. They have a masseuse room. So huh. you can go and get a massage Monday through Friday. And now I would love that. Get off work and go get a nice massage. Uh, have a Starbucks co uh, coffee and a latte. If you're uh, in the lobby, if you're a golfer, they have an indoor golf simulator. Wow. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if your wife's going to allow you to uh, uh, revert the, or convert the kid's bedroom to an indoor, indoor golf simulator. Um, right. So with those type of amenities, it's just attracting so much that type of generations and uh, demographic that it's just going to boom for years to come. Sure. Now, you mentioned before cap rate compression. Do you have any concern yeah. that cap rates are compressing at, at, at an overly rapid rate and actually getting too low? Some markets, yes. Other markets, no. Uh, I mean, look at, the, look at Manhattan. If you're buying in Manhattan, what are cap rates? One to two percent? You know, uh, you're right. buying for appreciation. 
Um, so, and that's why that's why I stress in certain markets. Yeah, I don't mind buying a low cap rate in Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, uh, Raleigh, Charlotte. Why? Because I know those markets are very strong and they're poised for even more growth. Now, if you're buying in secondary and tertiary markets, I would be a little hesitant because what is the growth there? Because when you buy a low cap rate, you're really buying for you know the appreciation that that property is going to have uh, sure. in year to, years to come to really give you that return. Um, so it's all depending on market. Sure. Now, do you have interest in investing in other asset classes besides multifamily? Uh, I do have interest in it. I do like the flex space. Uh, flex mm. space is really hot right now with e-commerce booming. Yeah. Uh, Blackstone predicted that back in 11 and 2012. And, and I think it's just uh, e-commerce and internet's not, they're, they're not going away. Amazon's not going away. Right. Um, so I just see the flex space booming more and more. Uh, and especially coming out of COVID, I see it growing. I like flex space. Um, office, I'm hesitant on office still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I like storage facilities, but we're, we're not in those asset classes. I'm all about being in an asset class that's a necessity. You need it. Yeah. What, where, where are you going to go home tonight and lay your head on uh, under? Your home. Shelter. Yep. You need shelter. I need shelter. We all need shelter. Um, so you're not going to take away multifamily. Yeah, and you mentioned industrial and specifically flex industrial. That's one of the asset classes mm-hmm. that I specialize in. You also mentioned Blackstone, yeah. and you know I think that mm-hmm. one of the major turning points. Not everyone is aware of this. It's back in uh, approximately July of 2019. Speaking of Blackstone, they actually made the largest industrial-only acquisition of all time. Uh, they purchased a portfolio it. of industrial properties, industrial only, that is, for $19.6 billion. And the majority of the portfolio was made up of last mile fulfillment and cold storage. And I think that that was a, a major mm. pivot point for the industry and for that asset class. It's definitely an asset class that I specialize in and, and I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I think we'll see tremendous appreciation uh, in the near end and, and, and far term. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, the, it, it's shocking because I, I drive around Charlotte and I see uh, storage facilities coming up now and I see wine. You know, they're housing wine, uh, which is uh, getting very popular, surprisingly. Um, also, on top of that, cold storage, you know, yeah. that that I'm seeing a huge demand for. Um, so it, it's it's shocking, but uh, there's a huge demand for it. And, and I don't think it's going to go away, any, uh, go away anytime soon. Um, and I, And I like those asset classes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame you at all. So look, we've got about two minutes left. You've had an interesting career, right? Been in the residential space, in the single family home space, building a team, growing a business, shifting over into multifamily, looking to potentially acquire additional net leased assets like industrial properties. Share with our viewers maybe the top three lessons that you learned or the top three pieces of advice that you'd like them to take with them. Oh, all right. So uh, for those investors out there, if you're investing into real estate, uh, I would say the biggest thing is, is really vet your sponsors out, ask questions, ask the team, uh, make sure you feel comfortable. I was just on an interview a couple of days ago with a gentleman who vetted 20 sponsors and he's only picking five of them. And thankfully, I was in that five. Um, so that if you're a passive investor, ask questions. Don't be afraid. No questions is, is, uh, is stupid. Um, you're always gaining that knowledge. Uh, when it comes to um, those type of, if you're an operator out there, if you're doing JV partnerships, make sure you have uh, you know an agreement up front, set in stone, and you, each party knows their expectations of e- each other. 
Um, I think that's huge and very important. Last but not least, I, I will always say this, is just never give up. Uh, you if go. you're looking to grow a huge portfolio, um, you're going to have a lot of naysayers. You're going to have a lot of people that hate each other uh, or hate you. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to try to downgrade you and your mindset. Have that positive mindset for growth. Uh, run on your track. Put those blinders on and just never give up. I was just watching an article a couple uh, or yesterday. Blackstone, Black or uh, BlackRock. The founder of BlackRock got a five million dollar loan from Blackstone of a line of credit to create BlackRock, which was crazy. So just never give up. There you go. I love it. It's absolutely true. Never give up. That's really what separates those who make it from those who don't. Listen, Chris, really appreciate your time here. You've added a lot of value and we appreciate having you on the show. Yes. Thanks so much. I'm Dan Lukowitz. Another great episode of Dan on Top. Looking forward to seeing you soon.